0: You're listening to Faith with Friends podcast, where we talk about faith, relationships, and spiritual growth. Welcome to our circle and the conversation where we seek to know God and make him known. Now, here's your host, Lisa Lorenzo.
1: Welcome back, friends. I wonder how often you struggle with discouragement, and I wonder how often you're encouraged by a friend. Today, we're joined with my friend, Shonda Longo. Welcome, Shonda. I'm so glad you're with me today, especially, I'm so glad you're with me today for this specific podcast, because I think you're an encourager. (laughs) Thank you for having me, Lisa. So the definition, the biblical definition of discouragement or being discouraged is being become as discouraged to be dismayed, disappointed, disillusioned, or beaten down. And I just want to look at those each discouraged, afraid or downcast, dismayed, like anxiety, disappointed. We've all been disappointed, you know, let down. But then it's this one beaten down, which sounds like torn down or literally beaten down. And we've all been through that too. So today we're going to talk about why we are in the body of Christ placed together and why we are called to encourage each other. And boy, are we called to encourage each other. As Shonda and I prepared for this podcast, we realized it's really a calling from the Lord. It doesn't just say be nice to one another, but it says to encourage and build up.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the beaten down, if you think about it, for instance, Joe and I are redoing a house right now. So we're doing a lot of construction and tearing down walls, building walls back up and it's a process to beat something down. It takes a lot of work, just as much work to build it back up. But I mean, if you think about it, especially right now in our world, I feel like we are all beaten down. We need that person or those persons around us that can build us back up.
1: Exactly. And of course, our very first friend is Jesus. And we go to his word and we find that not only does he tell us the different ways that we're going to talk to today, but he models each of those ways for us. Like Jesus is our friend and he is the example of what we should look for in a friend and also what we should be in a friend. Because, you know, if I'm only looking around for somebody who strokes my back or, you know, pats me on the back or tells me nice things. And there's a big difference between saying nice things and building someone up. You can tell me, Oh, I like your dress today. And that might make me feel good, but only for a second. But when you build me up, when you truly build me up, that is something that points me to God. And so it doesn't only last for a minute or a day. If, if the seed falls in my heart and my heart is open and God waters the seed It produces fruit well into my old age and hopefully to the final days of my life. Amen.
0: Amen. It's so true. It has to be genuine. You can't just, like you were saying, say nice things to make somebody feel better because that's being disingenuous. And God's word tells us to not a false narrative, so to speak. I think that being an encourager really means to play into those person's strengths. And like you always say, say something really positive before you're going to say something (laughs) negative. Or no, but <laughs>
1: Romans 14, 19 says, Let us make every effort to do what leads us to peace and to mutual edification. And another translation, it says, So then, let us pursue what makes for peace and mutual upbuilding. As followers of Christ, we're called to actively pursue peace and unite within the body of Christ. And that means setting aside personal preferences and focusing on what unites us, our shared faith and our love for our savior, Jesus. And it's really sad because in my life, I'm sure in yours, there are believers that sometimes you kind of have to walk away from. Yep. For whatever reason, there are times that that happens, but even in that situation, We can still pray and seek the Lord. We can still extend grace. We can still choose to forgive, even if there's not access granted so that there's not a root of bitterness so that you wish that person. Well, you can pray for them and the prayers are for God to help them and, and bless them and draw them near. And I think that's important to say at the beginning of a podcast like this, because, you know, it's, it's hard to get along with everybody, even in the body of Christ, but, Like you said, being an encourager, there is a calling. There is a gift of encouragement, but guess what? You might say, well, that's not my gift. Well, you're still called. You're still called to do that. There is a gift of intercessory prayer, but some people say, well, I'm not, that's not my gift. Okay. But you're still called to intercessory prayer. You're still called to lift up others. So even though there are some people given extraordinary gifts, we all have a gift. Some people are given the extraordinary gift of encouragement. We're all called to encourage and build each other up. So I think that's important just to to set it up. And building one another up doesn't only happen through words. It happens through acts of kindness, encouragement, support. Hebrews 10, 24 says, let us consider how we can stir up one another to love and good works. When we intentionally invest in each other's spiritual growth, then we create this atmosphere where the body flourishes and God's love is tangibly expressed. And I think that is so important. And let's talk for a minute about the difference between obvious. It's obvious, right? But what happens when you tear down the body? What happens? Think about, like you said, with the house, you can't say, I'm going to live in this house and then proceed to tear it down. And it's not our job to tear down others. God can convict. God corrects. It's our job to confront in love, but it is not our job ever to tear somebody down reminds me of Ephesians 429, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such what is good for building up as fits the occasion
0: that it may give grace to those who hear. Wow. It's so true. Like you were saying, there are believers that, that love the Lord, but for whatever reason, you you have to step away from whatever it is. It doesn't really matter. You have to step away because God calls us to be peacemakers, not peacekeepers. Yeah. A lot of people get those two confused or that they're the same and they're not. Right. You know, peace Peacekeeping is completely different than being a peacemaker. And sometimes stepping away is the best way to keep that peace within the body of Christ. Because we all do, like you say, have gifts and have an extraordinary gift in a certain area. But we are all called to be peacemakers.
1: With that being said, let's jump right in and look at 10 ways that we can build up the body of Christ.
0: The first one is to speak truth and love in Ephesians 4.15. Instead, speaking in truth and love, we will grow to become in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head. That is Jesus. I think it encourages us to speak in truth and love, you know, to build each other. up.
1: Yes, absolutely. Think about that. Okay. I speak the truth and I speak love and I speak the truth in love, but- I've never looked at it the way that that verse expressed it because it matures others,
0: it matures us, and it matures others. It's true. Like I'm
1: already learning. And number one,
0: <laughs> well, and it's hard sometimes. Yes. I don't know about you all, but for me, I really have to check my tongue constantly all day because it's so much easier to give a sharp answer. It's easy to be quick to answer rather than slow to speak. Yes. It's- so much easier to just answer real fast instead of okay, you know what, God, speak through me. Help me to measure my words and to give this person the response in love and in truth. Yes. Cause it's easy wow. to say something true rather than true mm-hmm. and
1: in love. That's <laughs> right. And you know what? It's easy to say something nicely and kindly and my heart be in the right place because we can we can speak with truth and love, and our hearts can still be really messed up. But our tone most of the time will expose us. Yeah. Right. And so, man, when you really look at how you talk, the tone that you express yourself, that's really God's way of letting you know, um, you need to spend some more time with me because that wasn't very nice. Now I can recognize a tone quickly in any of the people that live in my house, but sometimes it takes a friend to stop and look at me when I'm talking. All they have to do is look at me. And I'm like, oh yeah, Hmm. I take that back. Yep. It's not what you say. It is how you say it.
0: All in the delivery. Yes. I I told my kids that for years and Mm. I need to listen to that myself. Yeah. Because you're right. It does check your heart when you, when you hear the tone in which you're saying something.
1: Yeah. That usually is an indication that my heart is not centered on Christ. Yep. And that's, that's good news because that means we can recognize, repent and return to where we're supposed to be the center of God's will. Amen. And then I love number two, and I know it's going to be one of your favorite too. Pray for them. James 5.16 teaches the power of prayer, the power of lifting up others, praying for them and seeking God's
0: guidance on their behalf. James 5.16, therefore confess your sins to, to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective.
1: So number one, we mature when we speak in love and truth. And number two, we are healed when we pray. Like I see a theme coming out here. I love it. I do too. (laughs) But I think that that is sacrificial love to take time and effort to be intentional, to stop your crazy day and just spend time talking to God about somebody else. Lifting them up, standing in the gap. I like to picture locking arms with somebody. You know, there's been times in my life and I know in yours that we'll reach out to each other. Can you pray? And sometimes it's because I can't Yeah, find the words. I'm tired of praying. I feel like God isn't hearing my prayers. It's really so encouraging to have somebody that you love and that loves you stop what they're doing and lift you up to the Lord. It's just really does change your entire way that you look at a situation.
0: It's so true. And just knowing if our listeners don't have at least one person that they can reach out to when they're struggling. There has to be at least one person in your life, whether it's a friend, a parent, a grandparent, an aunt, a child, a husband, a wife, you need that person that can lock arms with you and and pray and build you up. So number three is, so share the word. Colossians 3.16 says,
1: it says, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, through Psalms, hymns, and the song of the spirit singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. I love that verse. That verse is part of faith with friends. That is part of the mission of faith with friends. And it's so true. Think about that. I can tell you things will get better Shonda, or I can say, don't worry, we're going to pray. You know, all of that is good. It's good things, but there's a greater thing. And the greater thing is the word of God. There's nothing that can compare to the word of God because if nothing gets better, I can change. Yeah. What better gift can you give somebody that you love than a word of encouragement that is a promise from the word of
0: God? Yeah. And it's so important if whatever you're learning in our group of girlfriends, we have like a text thread that we do that. Put what we're, each of us are learning. One of our friends, Jeanette, always posts her devotion a scripture that goes along with it. And you, we should be doing that. We should be sharing what God is teaching us because you don't know what that person, your friend, your sister, your husband, your wife, your children, what they need to hear, mm-hmm. but you're speaking, you're sharing what God is teaching you.
1: Yeah. There's no greater gift than you can give. You want to encourage me, pray for me, speak to me lovingly and give me the word of God right there. Like if we could just do a top three, but we're going to go on. Number four is, which I think this is, again, this is our friend Jeanette. This is Shonda. This is a whole bunch of Tatiana. This is a whole bunch of girls in our group, a whole bunch of them. How about Betty Miller? My goodness. Betty Miller, offer godly wisdom.
0: So Proverbs 27, 9 reads, perfume and incense bring joy to the heart and the pleasantness of a friend springs forth from their heartfelt advice which is totally Betty. Absolutely. (laughs) Her her voice (laughs) is very like, I don't know. She just has such a calming presence. Yes.
1: Sharing wisdom, biblical wisdom and guidance when others are seeking your advice, pointing them towards God's truth and principles. That is, that is how you build somebody up because I can say anything I want. I can say, I can give you whatever advice I think But when I say, okay, let's stop for a minute, let's look at what God's word, how it's directing us. Let's wait on the Lord. If you don't know what decision to make, if you don't know what to do, continue to wait and pray, or, you know, ask God, put out a fleece. Like it says in the Bible, Lord, if, if you would just guide me in this, you know, when you you totally don't know, you just wait and say, would you move, show me? And God does. And when he doesn't, you go to a friend and say, I don't know what to do in this situation and to be led closer to God through your advice. Your advice is not do this and you'll be done. No, your advice is seeking God, connect with God, follow God, obey God. That is godly
0: counsel. Amen. It's so true. To have that kind of friendship, you need to be that kind of friend as well.
1: Yes, absolutely. I love that one.
0: Number five says serve with humility in Philippians 2, 3 through 4. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of the others. Oh, my goodness. What? (gasps) Yes. I mean,
1: serving others selflessly, using your gifts and ability to support and bless others. This is how you see the difference between just being nice and saying you like my dress. (laughs) Yeah. This has (laughs) eternal value. These things draw us closer to God, because when you serve me with humility, I think of Jesus washing the feet, the disciples, but specifically, specifically Judas. He, I mean, talk about humbling yourself because I can wash your feet. You know, I can wash Becky or Gonchi's feet. I can, you know, I can serve somebody that I love and admire and honor but now you want me to humble myself before somebody that's mean or hasn't been kind to me, or I know doesn't like me? What? Or wants
0: to kill you or take or, over or. Or oh is going to betray
1: you tomorrow. And yeah, what? No. But you know what? There's a reason for it because it builds up the body of Christ. And what if in doing that, you soften the person's heart that you're having an issue with? What if that act of kindness and humility? softens their heart and brings them closer to God and restores your relationship.
0: It's true. And it'll soften yours. I mean, just like the forgiveness, whatever somebody's done to you or you feel slighted, whatever it is, if you act like you said in in humility, it'll change you in turn, hopefully will change the other person. It's an action, just like love, forgiveness and humility. It's an action.
1: It sure is. In order to serve somebody with true humility, the only way we can do that is to first recognize God's true place. And that helps us to take our correct place of standing, or like you've said in the past, laying down, face down in the dirt. Yeah. Like when you look to God, you're humbled. You have to be because why? the fact that he endured so much for me, And he's asking me to do humble myself and serve somebody else, and I'm going to say I'm not doing that for them. When you were still a sinner, I died for you.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, that leads us right into the next one. You gave a a hint to it. Practicing for practicing for for forgiveness. (laughs) (laughs) That F word we don't like to talk about. (laughs) It is a dirty word. Yes. You know something? I'm going to say something. I I've said this often on the the podcast, but it really, the example that it gave me was so life-changing. There's a pastor in a church, and I'm going to look it up and see what church and what pastor it was. But I know I, I saw the sermon and he said, if you're a believer here today, raise your hand and everybody in the church, raise their hand. And he said, do you know that forgiveness is the foundation of our faith in Jesus? Because he forgave us and everybody raised their hand. He said, do you know that you are called to forgive everybody who has ever hurt you? And everybody raised their hand. And he said, now Tell me, do you struggle? Raise your hand if you struggle with forgiveness and everybody raised their hand. Like we know that's the foundation of our faith. We know Jesus died to forgive us. We know we're called to forgive others, but boy, is that hard. It is. Yes. And that's our verse for that one is Colossians 3.13. Bear with one another and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as... As the Lord forgave you, he gave us the perfect example of how to do it, what to do and how to do it. It's so hard.
0: Every time God commands us to do something, it's because he knows it's hard. Yeah, And that's why he's saying this, you have to do this because this is what's going to make bring the best out in you, make you more like me, but it's hard. He wouldn't have to command us to do it. It is what it is. <laughs> it's hard to do, but it is an act. Yeah. It's an
1: act. And he calls us to do it, which means he empowers us to do it. And he gives us the ability to do it. And it is, we think it's for the other person, but forgiveness is really, it frees us up. It frees our hearts up. It removes all the gunk inside of our heart. And it helps us to live and love as he called us to, if we just, and
0: if you think of it, like, I mean, I'm a very visual person. So I always think of, things in like a visual context. And if you're forgiving somebody, you're turning away from that, from the ugliness and turning your body to look at Jesus rather than look at the person and whatever they did or whatever. If you constantly redirect, you're looking at the Lord reminded of the great forgiveness that he's done imparted on you. It's really hard not to forgive the other person if you're looking at him. Yes. So number seven, we took it from Romans 5, 13 and in Romans 5, 13, it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I think it just encourages us to abound in hope that the power of the Holy Spirit be a source of hope and encouragement and just pointing others to the promises of God. You know, it's. It's important. It's important for us to constantly redirect ourselves as well as our yes. the people that God has placed around us.
1: Yes. And I love that the hope we're giving is not like, I hope things get better for you. It is the hope through the power of the Holy spirit. So I think about the power that was exerted when Jesus rose from the dead and that same power helps us to have hope in Christ. Like it's yeah. not just hoping things get better or I I hope I get the job or I hope this happens. It is, I have the promise of eternal life, the hope, and not only do I have the power and the hope, I have the power until I get there. I have the power for every day by the power of the Holy spirit. I can live in that promise. It's true.
0: It's true. And hope is a person. Hope is Jesus. It's not a word. It's a person. So it's so true when you say, oh, I hope this, I hope that it's like, no, I want this for you. Hope is a person <laughs> and his name is Jesus.
1: The next one is to live a godly example. And I love this one because, first of all, we're not saying be perfect, although God is holy and we are called to be holy, set apart, and different. We're called to not, you know, I love that quote that says, What you do speaks so loud that I can't hear what you say. Oh, goodness. So, how living out our failures and our triumphs with Christ expressing sharing you know authentic faith sharing our struggles and then allowing people to see you know what I'm not going to do that I'm tempted to do this it's the easy way out I can just take this easy way out I'm not going to do it because I trust God he's going to either teach me something through it or he's going to deliver me through it he's going to use me to be an example for others that's why in our speech in our conduct in our love faith and purity our life should reflect the values and character of Christ. And the
0: verse for that is First Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, which says, Do not let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. I love that verse.
1: That's a hard one. And I'm going to say this. We can't do that without Christ. Uh-uh. Because it's not authentic. It's not. Because we struggle every single day. But when we start our morning with God, spending time in the word, then it helps us. And when we're mindful of our calling, when we're mindful of Lord, you know, we wake up in the morning and say, okay, Lord, use me today. Well, you better be prepared because I'm going to use you and using you might mean putting you in difficult situations because I want other people to see how you respond. Yeah.
0: How you trust me in it. Yeah, it's true. In the relationships that you have, you want to be that person that your friend, your sister, your, your brother, your, your kids can look to for that, the encouragement, the building up, the edification. If you're not doing that, step out, recheck your heart and ask God to change you and make you more like him, because it is so easy to get caught up in gossip or, I mean, God has so much to say about gossip. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like he's telling you this, I was looking over verses about friendship found so many and there were so many about not being a gossip so if you have a tendency to fall into that step back and maybe like you said right. before you know step away from that relationship for a moment so that god can change you so that you can be the person that changes the person you're
1: yeah inter- and you know women you know which one of us has never gossiped
0: oh my gosh and which it. one of
1: us has never gossiped even in the prettiest way like oh pray for that person because th- yes We've all done it. We're all guilty of it. Hopefully God is changing us, renewing us, correcting us where we need to be. And that brings new life. And then, you know, my pastor put it best. He said, when you're a baby Christian, you think something, you say something. And then when you start growing, you think something. And then, you know, the first thing you shout it, then you say it, then you think about it. And then you pray about it and you don't say it. And I'm like, yes, you know what? I have a family member that would say, I'm going to tell you a joke. And then he stops and thinks. And I'm like, if you had to think about it, don't say it. And he's like, no, no, it's not that bad. And I'm like, please, I'm begging you. Don't say it. I don't want to, I'm not interested in hearing it. Maybe there was a time before I was like, oh, tell me the joke. But the Holy Spirit convicts us where we might see something and want to say something ugly. And what about this? Women, we have a talent that we can look at each other and I can just look at you a certain way and you know exactly what I'm saying about somebody else who's in the room.
0: It's so true. Right? That's- or how about this? How about this? I really shouldn't say anything, but, but yeah. <laughs> I, never mind. I'm not going to say it. Then you already put it out there. The person has to know what you're saying and you have to vomit it out. But yeah. in those, those instances, if you're a believer that God's, that's the Holy Spirit saying, don't say it. Okay, so we have in Galatians, um, providing practical support.
1: And that comes from Galatians 6 2, which says, Carry one another's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Carrying one another's burdens. I can tell you this I have been blessed beyond measure by my friends who have carried my burdens for my children for my marriage at times, for my family, for my health, for my other friends. Like this is really something that offering practical support in times of need. So in other words, carrying my burden might be, I can't pay my light bill this month. Right. I'm just going to say this. I have a family member that was going through a hard time. And Shonda, that's right, Shonda. I'm t- I'm t- Shonda Shanda Venmode that person. I was like, what? Shonda's never met that family member. That person that is called practical support. Like, obviously I believe the Lord just put her on the heart and she just did it. And I cried when I heard that because I was so blessed by the fact that you don't know this person. And yet you felt led to support them in a practical way. Oh,
0: That was Jesus. You know, that's God doing that. I can't take any credit for that because it, you guys have, my friends, Lisa included, have done the same for me for a certain family member that it just blew me away as well as her. You know, she just lost her father and she's going off to college and financially, it's just such a difficult time. And it changed the trajectory of her thinking about her friendships, about her relationship with the Lord. I mean, practical support you're so right and yeah. it, it was it's god it's god yeah
1: and i'm gonna throw in there also sitting next to people when they're in a the hospital room coming to my house when my grand when my grandmother passed away and people showing up at my house when i said no no don't come i'm leaving to orlando um you know i the list just if we were to think about all of the practical gifts and you know one person i have to we have to give a shout out to you know who i'm talking about right mm-hmm let's say it together. One, two, three, Yvette. (laughs) Wait, say it again. One, two, three, Yvette. (laughs) Yvette is a practical giver. Yvette loves to give gifts. It's one of her gifts and talents. And you know, when, when I had COVID, I had soup. Why did I have soup? Because Yvette said, she needs soup to feel better. She needs a devotional because somebody passed away in her family. Yep. This person, let's, why don't we, like, if you ever met anybody who is a gift giver, that that's their gift and talent, that is our friend, friend Yvette. She is a practical gift giver. She's so good at it. So obedient ome- immediately. Cause I can think about it. Oh, I should send a card, but giving <laughs> practical gifts from a heart of serving God really does build up others. It helps them feel loved and supported. And in that, they feel closer to God.
0: It's so true. I remember when my daughter, you know, 10 years ago, went off to college and I had to drop her off and that drive home. When I got home, like this is how intentional she is. When I got home that day, there was a letter in my mailbox, a card telling me that she loved me, that she was praying for me. She knew today was going to be hard. Like the timing of that was all God, but it was her listening to God and being that it touched my heart and made me want to be more intentional and practical.
1: Yeah. Well, our last one is to rejoice in successes, rejoice in successes and mourn in sadness. And that comes from Romans 12, 15, where it says rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. And boy, you can tell who loves you by these two extremes. Mm -hmm. When you have something, when you have success in your life, whatever it might be, those people that are applauding for you, genuinely happy for you, celebrating you. Wow. Because there's some people that are just be a little more quiet and you can kind of go, hmm, same thing happens in mourning. Now, not everybody has the temperament or personality or calling to be there, but look around friends, because those people that are there for you in the good times and the bad times, those are
0: usually a lifelong friend. Yep. I agree. I agree. And it's so important to have that because that's a tangible way that God can wrap his arms around the other, or like you said, applaud them. It really is a tangible way for, for people to feel God's arms wrapped around them in good and in bad times, mountaintops and valleys, very, very important. And I know for you, who's, you know, you, you battled cancer and you had so many people in your corner, supporting you, your family, loving on you. It means so much. And you feel God, you feel God when those people are doing that. Yeah. Well,
1: this is part one of a two part series. So we're going to, I hope you'll join us again next time, but I hope you'll take a look at some of these. Let's just go over quickly. Number one, The first one speaking truth, it brings maturity, not only to the person that you're speaking to, but also to you. Number two brings healings. When you pray for them, they will be healed. That's what God heals you too. look at the blessing the friends got when they let their paralyzed friend down the roof of the house. They were blessed. He was healed. Number three, sharing God's word. Sharing God's word brings life, brings life, daily bread. So everybody benefits. Number four, offering godly counsel brings truth and principles, not only to their life, but also to yours as you share that word. Number five, humility. The Bible teaches us that when you humble yourself, God will lift you up. Number six, forgiveness. That brings us freedom. Number seven, offering hope and encouragement. That brings you the power, the promise of the power of the Holy Spirit. Number eight, a godly example living a godly example
0: i feel like it it changes you because you're held to a higher standard as well as the people around you they're seeing christ in you they want to emulate him and his characteristics not not you and providing practical support
1: that glorifies god
0: Mm -hmm.
1: that glorifies god and number 10 and lastly rejoicing with those who rejoice and mourning with those who mourn You know what that does? That bonds you together with the people that you love. Yep. So you can see that building others up really builds up yourself and it builds the bonds of a relationship. So that's our part one series. Thank you, Shonda, for joining us. And I hope you'll come back next week to continue our conversation about Godly Friends and Godly Relationships. Thanks for joining.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's Faith with Friends podcast. We hope you will like and subscribe as we continue the conversation. Follow us on Instagram at Faith with Friends. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you forward to your friends so our circle will continue to grow?